Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Western New York Entrepreneur. Uh, before I dive into today's guest and, and what we're going to talk about today, um, I want to give you guys a really exciting update. Starting next week, Wednesday, the 10th, we're going to have RCPs going live for our next in-person networking event at the K-House downtown, a new co-working space uh, right, 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 right in the middle of downtown Buffalo here. So um, if you miss in-person networking, if you are ready to get off Zoom and just kind of get back in person, uh, this is going to be the event for you. We're going to do like a cocktail hour. The date of the event is March 24th. It's a Wednesday uh, at 5.30 p.m. And RCPs go live on our website at WNY Entrepreneur next week, Wednesday, uh, the 10th, uh, March 10th, that is, um, going there. So I just want to preference that real quick. But anyways, let's get to our, our guest here today. I am so excited, and it's long, long overdue to have my good friend Kanishka, uh, founder and CEO of Yamu Media. Uh, Kanishka, thanks so much for, for joining us today, man. Thanks for having me, David. Super excited yeah. to be here. I'm excited to have you, man. And unfortunately, we only have 30 minutes here. So we are going to dive right in. So Kanishka, I could talk about you all day. And I, when I mean that, so uh, you're a good friend. You're, you're an even better person. You're a great business person. You just got 30 under 30. So I'm going to brag about you for a little bit here. Um, and I'll tell you what, you're way ahead of where I was at, at your age here. So um, actually, for our audience, Kanishka, for those who are not seeing the video here, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I'm, I'm 23. 23 right years old, man. Mm -hmm. So yeah. anyways, dude, so I want to ask, hey, what's been your journey like? But I feel like you're knowing you, you're like, I'm just getting started, but you've done a lot. So can you just go, yeah. if you don't mind, how did you get to entrepreneurship? What do you do? And what should people know about you that don't know you or your story or, or what you do? Right. Um, so my, my journey into entrepreneurship probably started when I was 13. Um, my mom was... Um, I started with my mom. So she owned a, a dance school back in Dubai, which is where I'm from. I moved here seven years ago. Um, and uh, she started running this dance school. Um, she went from janitor to owner. So she has her own success story. But when she got into that ownership position, there was a language barrier and things like that, where she had a hard time understanding how to conduct herself. She had the instinct, but not necessarily the communication skills. So she had she, had, she brought me in on all those meetings that she had from 13 till, I don't know, all the time. And, uh, you know, being around that and seeing how that functions. And then me and my mom would have discussions about like the company, how to grow it, what's going on, the risks, even, you know, by the time I was 15, I was running their marketing department and I was doing business development and trying to help her with getting loans and things like that. So, I think uh, being exposed to business at a young age was definitely put me on the, the right track to kind of get to where I'm today. Um, then, kind of, then moved here, uh, 17 uh, for college at UB. I came in here for astrophysics, but that didn't work out. I, I, I swapped majors probably 10 times. I, I think I finally solidified on a major on my fourth year and I just picked whatever I could get to graduate because I had way too many interests. Um, 
and every time I pursued something it was just it was hard to stick to it because it just seemed like you had to commit to something that was 15 years and you have no idea if you're going to still enjoy the same thing um, you know 15 years later so that was that was my journey in college but so being in in college I still had that entrepreneurial energy so my mom I was still like uh, while being here um, I was still doing the marketing for her company so I taught myself a lot of the stuff that I knew um, if I remember right um, she hired a marketing agency at some point that really screwed up her business uh, and I looked into it and it just seemed like things that were very simple to do so I just YouTubed everything that I know now and experimented. And in hindsight, honestly, I don't think I did her well in the first six months. I think I cost her business way more. And, you know, I was confident she didn't know what was going on. So that like time for me to experiment was really helpful. But then after that, I was able to really help her out, um, you know, after I got a good understanding of what I was doing. But so when I came to college, I started a, um, an event company uh then uh did some e-commerce stuff joined um aviate audio which is the audio tech startup um that was my first step into the startup space which is what i'm really passionate about um i co-founded it with some, uh, two of the guys there they had already won um shane and ryan nolan they had uh through ub won the panashi competition and raise money and um, they were looking for somebody to help with marketing and it was at the time I was you know I think it was an internship that that's how I got to hear about them but I joined them as an intern and then eventually became a co-founder um, but that was that was the that was the second part of the journey in college so at the time I graduated I was super passionate I had a lot of experience under my belt I had already built or built and spun down like two or three companies um, and failed probably 10 different things by then. Um, when I graduated, I didn't want to go and I didn't want to stop doing Aviate. And I had a lot of freelance clients at the time because the, the stuff that I did with Aviate got me a reputation. So started working on those freelance clients and it was way more work than I could do just by myself. And I started seeing that there's so much more value if I could bring in more people to help me. So I started contracting people that I knew that were good at the things that I was good at. I could direct the vision and strategy behind this, the marketing campaigns that I would build, um, but I would have other people to help me execute. So towards the end of the year post-grad, um, I had, you know, I was working with like five to 10 different contractors on multiple projects. And then I just asked all of them, like what would ha what would you guys be would you guys be down if we started a company and that's that's really that's really how it started that's how yama media started so this is while in school right kanishka the this is right after yama media started right after school all of the other stuff aviate audio all of that was before it that's cool man school. so i don't know how you graduated with uh with all you know it seems like you had so much going on there kanishka so uh, don't mind me if you see me on my phone here in the video. I'm just taking uh, notes. I'm actually also writing down questions because there's so many things that you're saying that spark so many different questions mm -hmm. and whatnot. So uh, I know we have questions that we talked about beforehand, uh, but yeah. I, I have some questions that just pop up here. So that being said, dude, you know, what advice do you have for young adults that just, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I, have, I have little sisters. I'm the oldest of five and all the time and just doing so many, so much leadership and motivational speaking across the country, young, the young college students. 
they feel like it's so final when they like pick a major, right? Or they think mm-hmm. it's so final or a lot of them like, I have no idea what I'm doing or not know what I'm doing, but I don't know what I want to do with my life or this seem I want to do this, but I want to do that. So for, you know, a young adults that just kind of seem lost, I don't even think they're lost. They're just figuring out who they are and what they're doing. But what advice do you have for them that are either like starting college or just graduated high school, graduated college, and maybe they realize they don't actually even want to do what they're, what the school for, but they, you know, they yeah. kind of can't turn back now. What, what advice do you have? I know it's a lot thrown at you there. Right. I mean, I I would say even till this day, I still don't know what I want to do, right? You don't ever stop not knowing what you want to do. So the only advice that I could give anybody in that time frame is to just keep doing things that you're passionate about. As long as you pursue the things that you enjoy, that was, that was my rule. I think I I, I made that a rule for myself when I was 17, because I was picking call like my major and, and stuff and it was complicated. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to overthink this. This has nothing to do with how am I like, I'm not going to think about financial success. I'm not going to think about accolades. I'm not going to think about anything. I'm going to think about the things that I enjoy, which is why, you know, I love ast- like, you know, astrology and not astrology, sorry, astrophysics. And um, I had, there's no way that was going to be a career for me. I wasn't a genius in math or anything like that. So, but I still did it because I enjoyed it and I learned a lot in it and I don't regret it. Right. So it's, um, those are the two pieces I would say is just commit to the things that you're passionate about and don't regret things. Cause you, you know, this world makes it seems like there are, there's a path and there's a right way to do things. There's not, we all just stumble through and we get there when we get there. Yeah, I agree, man. You know, I think as, as kids, we grow up, we watch, we're thinking, man, our parents have it all together. Right. And as we get older, we realize they don't have it. They, they never had it all together. And that's, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing to notice because you realize that it's okay not to have it all together. So for our listeners out there, if you're a young adult, you know, by any, whatever, I'm not going to define that. I don't want to get in trouble. What would be a young adult, <laughs> but um, that being said, like, yeah, taking one next step at a time, finding your passions, pivoting, like, okay, I love this. I don't love that. Finding who you are realizing there's a problem that you solve with your passion. That's basically monetizing. That's mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. My opinion is, yeah. you know, using your passion to, to solve problems that you notice that are kind of lacking, but go ahead. Continue. Yeah. If, if, if I could, you know, now coming full circle, I'm in an organization where m- most of my time is spent managing people now. And I have these two questions that I pulled from a book that I read um, called Good to Great by J- um, Jim Collins. And uh, I use that as a framework to hire everybody and kind of keep people on the right seat in the bus. Um, and if I really think about it, honestly, these are the same two questions that I followed as a kid um, subconsciously, which is, um, and I have it written down on a sticky note in front of me. What are, you, what are you deeply passionate about? What can you be the best in the world at? Mm. And those are the two things I, I encourage anybody that I work with on my team to pursue is, are you deeply passionate about this? Can you be in the best in the world at? So if both the answers are no, it's okay to go into limbo while you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of times you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I love it, dude. So one thing I noticed that you're you know, speaking, what, what do you think you know, you're deeply passionate about or what you're one of the best in the world at? So I don't obviously know all 8 billion people on the planet, Kanishka, but mm-hmm. I, at least here in Western New York, I think you're, you're, you're a great networker. You're constantly involved in so many different things and you're constantly, you're a giver. And for people that when people say, hey, who do you, who do you admire and why do you admire about that person is, I love people that ask great questions, that deep thinking not trying to solve the, the problem for it, but just ask great questions that help you really just c- c- the, bring the best out of you that are then people that give, they give without wanting back. And 
you know, a couple of people that come to mind is like Michael Anderson, which is one of the co-founders of Grow, which, which you founded too. Um, and I think of you, Kanishka, you're a great giver. You helped me run my 100-person networking event. Remember that? Over a year ago mm-hmm. when COVID hit. And yep. So where does that kind of come from? And, you know, I guess what's your secret sauce there? Because you're a great networker. You're, you're constantly giving. You're constantly getting involved while doing so many things. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of introspection to answer that same question to myself. I, I wonder as well. And I usually come back to the way the experiences that I've had in my life is what gives me the perspective to be able to act the way I do. So I grew up um, in Sri Lanka for seven years in a, in a village that didn't have electricity or water. Um, so that's, that's where my family's from. That's where my uncles and aunts are. That's where I go back every year. Then I moved to Dubai where we were poor and didn't have much, but then my mom out of nowhere went from being a janitor to a business owner. So our lifestyle completely changed. Um, so th- having that perspective from the poorest of the poor to the wealthiest of the wealthiest and having gone through that cycle all before I was 14, um, there's not a lot that is um, smoke and mirrors for me. I think, uh, you know, I, I've thought about that a lot with the people that I work with. It's like, why can't other people feel as comfortable in their own skin as I do? Um, and it's because I've, there's nothing that is like, there's not a lot of things that are alien to me because I've had the luck of the exposure. Um, so if, if I had to kind of break it down to one thing of like what it means, to, like how you can give, it's you need to see what suffering looks like. You need to feel what suffering feels like. And then you just don't want it for other people. And that's really where that comes in, right? If you've never suffered before or you haven't seen suffering or you haven't had anybody suffer around you, it's harder for you to understand why you would want to give to those people. That is such a great answer, man. Uh, I, I feel like this is a, that's a highlight of this podcast so far. Um, we have so many, I have so many questions I've written down that we've written down. So I'm just going to start going along here. Um, but that was such a great answer. I just want to make sure, you know, you know that, but so Kanishka, uh, failure is a huge part of business. You know, um, I, I, one of my, one of my other favorite quotes, I have, I have a bunch of them, but one is like, uh, I learned so much from my mistakes. I think I'm going to make a few more. And uh, so, so how do you deal with failure, Kanishka? You know, how, how do you deal with it? Um, what's your secret there? I think initially I stumbled through it and um, it was hard and it hurt. And I was lucky because I had a lot of great advisors and friends that I would lean on that kept me going. So I wasn't the reason that I got through my failures. It was other people that helped me through my failures. Now I've had enough failures where I've turned it into a process where I expect the failures, I plan for it. And I have literally a set of questions that I have to dig myself out of failure is like, okay, we failed. Why did we fail? Like, I failed. Why did I fail? Is it um, a process? Is it a mistake? Can it be solved with a system? Can it be solved with a person? Like, so I go through a list of different ways to solve a failure and it becomes, it doing that, doing that turns it to an opportunity. It doesn't stop it from feeling sucky because it does until it gets solved. But knowing that it's gonna help you in the future is the biggest asset ever. Like one of, you know, I, I got a, like a, a simple example would be I had this billing issue um, that I was trying to figure out on my QuickBooks and I sent an email to get it solved and there was a deadline and I sent it and the email bounced back. Um, and I didn't know, I didn't know that. So now today when I checked, I'm out like three grand and there's nothing I can do about it. 
Mm. Um, so it feels crappy to know that. But then now I right after that happened, what I did was um, I went and I downloaded a software to help me manage my email. So if bounce backs happen, I get a trigger and it sends me a, a notification saying your email bounced back. Um, simple thing. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm a growing business owner. I'm always going to like the volume of business I do will keep scaling. I'd rather lose $3,000 today than $100,000 in two years because um, it could happen. Right. Yep. Um, so I'm happy that it happened at 3000 and not at 100. Hey, I just want to interrupt your podcast really quick. I want to tell you about our next in-person networking event for the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast. It's at the K House, the new co-working space downtown on Main Street. The event is limited to only 45 participants because of COVID guidelines. And this event will sell out. So the event is on March 24th. It's a Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. The RSCPs go live for this event this upcoming Wednesday, March 10th at noon. So are you ready to network? Are you ready to make new connections? If yes, tickets start at only $12 and include your fill of water, beer, wine uh, for the entire evening. So check out this new co-working space, get ready to network, and I'll see you guys there. Now, back to your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all can agree there for sure. Um, one that we talked about too was, was mentorship, you know, okay. and like leadership. We, right before we hit record, in fact, we were talking so, so I, I guess I use the word deeply for lack of better words here, but we were talking about so well, I'm like, wait, we got to stop because this is a great podcast right here before the podcast. Why don't we talk right. about before? And so I kind of want to bring that back full circle real quick is that, you know, I, I kind of mentioned like, hey, I, I work with a leadership coach, you know, uh, shout out okay. to, to Mike McGreevy, who was on your your uh, your grow uh, mm -hmm. buffalo there. And yep. I know you work with a leadership coach as well. And I think that's so important. So I know I know it is, but I want to talk about your perspective. Why, mm -hmm. you know, why do you think it's so important to have a leadership coach? And I know you had a really good thought on that about yeah. like, okay, like how long do you have a leadership coach for, you know, and, and so I, I don't want to steal your thunder. So why don't you take mm -hmm. it from there? Yeah, so um, I have a lot of advisors um, and mentors and a, a coach that I work with. Um, and it's actually, you know, uh, credit to Clark Dever. He's the one who gave me this piece of wisdom um, a year ago when we, uh, he became my advisor, was that a, a, a good advisor and or a good mentor or a good coach is should be temporary because you should run out of things to learn from them, right? Um, so I've, I've kind of used that as a framework for the people that I take advice from is like how long can we work together where there's a lot that you can teach me and how much of a good student can I be to extract the things that you have to teach me? How open can I be to your, so that, that the time that it takes for you to learn is a two part thing is how good is your advisor in giving you that value and how are you, how, how open to that value and how fast can you accept it? Right? So what I've, what we, what it came comes down to is that you're going to outgrow every single advisor that you have and that's a good thing because now you that means you're growing into the next stage where that per now you need a different type of person so you have to keep taking those steps and i think you know coach is one of those steps that you take when you come to a when you need more structural advice you know more structured advice because if you go to an advisor or mentor you have to take this take a take some time to explain a problem or feeling or emotion and then they're going to give you the feedback of how to address that or maybe their experience with it. And then, you know, that's kind of it. And then when you come back, it's again, you start from zero every time, 
Um, but if you have a dedicated mentor or a coach that you have like weekly check-ins with, they are, they're objectively following you along. So regardless of your ups and downs, they're at the neutral place. Mm -hmm. So they can remind you, hey, this happened before. Maybe you should think about it in a different way because you dealt with this that way before. Yeah, and I love it. And, and what's really cool is that they see common mistakes. Say, Dave, I noticed this happens when this happens, or I notice oh. here, or, hey, like, you know, you and I, we get so excited or passionate about new things. Like, hey, Dave, never we talked about like your, not your boundaries, but like what you really want out of life. And I don't, right. is this, is what I love about it is they don't tell you what to do anymore, but it's like ask you questions. A lot of times the answer is so obvious. You're like, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> like, yeah. you're right. I, when, when I, when I'm, when I'm having a session with um, my coach, I have to take a breath and like be completely honest with myself and it's so it's the hardest thing to do like it is it want it's embarrassing it, your insecurities are out there and but if you can if you can do that if you can embarrass yourself and you can trust your coach to embarrass yourself in front of your coach it's the best possible thing ever because that person now has access to what's really going on instead of the the you know barriers not, that you have yeah yeah and it's, yeah, you know, I, I totally, it's, I totally and agree. As, as long as we're living in a community where we have to respond to many people, you have different faces that you just have no control over because nobody has the time to get to know you that deeply to you know, know everything about you. So you have a filter just to make it easier to have relationships. Um, but if you can like break that filter in front of the person that's giving you advice, they can give you the strongest pieces of advice that hit like root cause problems that solve for multiple aspects of what you're doing. Yeah, I love that because the only person that's probably to get as close to you is maybe a sibling or, uh, you know, or your significant other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you know, right now, you know, we, we want to get someone that's so not emotionally involved that can see things, right? And that, you know, mm -hmm. that comes from such a great place of, uh, you know, wisdom, experience, yeah. strength, love, whatever. Um, we're going to have to rapid fire here at this point for some questions. Mm -hmm. Is that okay with you, Kanishka? Yeah, no, of course. But I, I love that. I love what you're talking about here with the mentorship and leadership. I just can't, I can't stress enough how important that is. So, um, at least that's what I've learned the past year. Um, so anyways, uh, what is the most valuable lesson you've learned since starting your businesses? Google everything. Like information is accessible. And to think that you need to go through a certain program or learn, like that is not true. Like everything is accessible. You can read articles about everything you need to know. Um, I think the roadmap to success is understanding how uh, accessible information is. Yeah. And I think implementing it, right. Cause I never like the old saying goes, uh, you know, Hey, uh, knowledge is power. I'm like, well, eh, I don't, I mean, when was the last time you went a week without hearing Google it, right. It's like use right. of knowledge is power doing that, but you're right. Everything's yeah. accessible. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. So number three, uh, question I have written here is what habits have helped you maintain consistency? Uh, morning routine and tons of reading. Those are the two things. Um, I've, I'm, credit to Mike Cardis. Um, you know, I think he had mentioned at one of his events that he reads 10 books at a time and that threw me off. It's like, how do you do that? That makes no sense to me. Um, and I changed my habits to do that as well. So I have 10 books that I'm reading at the at right now. And based on my mood and based on the need that I need, whether it's emotional, physical, business, practical, like there is something there for me to read um, that I'm halfway through, right? Um, so that was definitely one of the biggest habits. I spent at least a couple hours a day on some book or the other. And I try to use it based on, you know, I had like, uh, I'm currently in my business trying to understand how to build my leadership structure. Um, so I'm building, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a ton of leadership books. 
Um, and then I realized that the bottleneck comes down to me and like, I need to understand myself. So then I go read a psychology book. So it's like, it's nice to keep going back and forth and like making them kind of mesh together. And because I have an organization, I can execute and test out theories and things and see what, see what happens. Yeah. I love it. Um, and I, I love that you have that morning routine here. So that's something I need to work on. That's for sure, Kanishka. Uh, yeah, I'm usually up at five and I, you know, journal, meditate, read and music um, before I start my day. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I notice when I do do that, you know, not not that exact order, but in my own way mm-hmm. is that I'm like, oh, I got a Texas person. I get so drawn into like, so, um, you know, that, that's another question I'd love to ask is like, how do you how do you stay so still in, in that? How do you stay present in that moment in your morning routine versus for me, I get so pulled in different directions. Um, it's because I really enjoy the activities that I do in my morning routine. Like I, I find I, I love dancing to music. I love the meditation because I get to go deep. I love I, I read in the morning. I'd read like a um, fiction book. Right. So I, I do things that I'm passionate about instead of doing things that I should be doing. Mm. Um, and or, if I, and then I, if I'm trying to add something to my routine, I find a way to create passion around the new thing. And I do it one thing at a time. Dude, that's great. Um, rapid fire one more time here. And that's, that's, I think it's so important to, to what you just said. Um, just for time purposes, I got to keep moving mm-hmm. forward. Uh, sure. I always make a joke by the Kanisha there at the Kanisha. I'm like, Hey, there's a 30 minute podcast, but if you really want the best go up to the back half of the last 10 minutes, cause we're just getting warmed up. The first <laughs> 20 is what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so speaking of, you said you hire people and you're working through systems and the psychology mm-hmm. of all that, but what have you learned about managing people uh, in, in that, you know, in, uh, basically in hiring? So what have you learned about all that process the past couple of years? Yeah, I, I, I've found that um, it's all limited by, by my learning. So I have to lean on a lot of people because I'm not an experienced manager in any capacity. Um, the biggest lesson that I've learned in the past year is... Um, trying to find ways not to get traumatized because that does that is like you can if you want to actively avoid being traumatized so if I had a situation earlier in the year where you know I had parted ways with somebody I worked with um, but it should have been uh, I felt like it was too fast and I didn't give them enough time so then I now carried this regret and like I was like oh that's such a great person why did I do that and then the next person now ended up staying too long and they should have like we should have parted ways much sooner but um because i had that trauma from the first experience now i'm like okay i got to give everybody a chance so it's like now that that's done now it's i'm back to the other one where i'm like okay now i'm a little bit more quick so it's fine being able to be consistent and putting your principles of what do you what do you want and why does it matter and how do you measure what you want and the things that matter and putting actual numbers and like variables to it has been the thing that's been super helpful for me uh, to maintain consistency and managing people and hiring. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's so many people nodding their head when they're listening to this, Kanisha. They're like, yes, like they're, I mean, so many of us have hired people like we just knew in our, in fact, that's a question I want to ask you is like, at least for me, I'm like, I knew in my gut, this was the way to do it. And a lot of times, but you know, a lot of times you try to give the benefit of the doubt. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, my gut has always been right in terms of when it's time to hire or not, you know, or fire or let go mm-hmm. of someone or scale back their role. Would, would you agree yeah. with that, Kanishka, or no? I think, um, for, I, I think that's awesome that it's for you. For me, I'm bad at timing um, because I'm a visionary thinker. I'm, I think really far ahead. So I see potential sooner 
then I'm capable of handling it. So I see somebody who's going to be great in a year, but I, my company's too young to have somebody that like to give somebody a year runway to get great. It's unfortunate because I, you know, I, I this will be a great skill for me to have down the line, but I have to hold myself accountable because I'm not good at timing. Um, you know, I, I, I see either too far ahead or I see too close. Um, no, that's good. You know, one thing that I, I've learned that, the, you know, the hard way, and again, I'm, you know, uh, I'm like 10 years older than you. So, you know, uh, just comes from experience of that is just don't do things when you're angry. Mm-hmm. Don't say things when you're angry. I've learned that the hard way in relationships. Um, and I've learned so much from it that I just don't, I, you know, nine times out of 10, I just don't say it when I'm angry anymore. If I, if I feel the same way when I'm calmed down, then yeah. I will address it, right? Uh, but same thing with that. Don't speak when you're angry. Give yourself calm down. And if it's still bothering me, I feel like it still needs to be done. Let me, let me go there, that, that route here. So I think if I could, if I could jump on that, um, one of the things that I found super fulfilling in this entire journey is how much it has helped my personal relationship with my partner, my family and everything. And it's vice versa. So this developmental journey is the same both ways around. If you know, if you, it's a communication journey where you understand how to communicate with the world with your business. Um, and it's the same thing that you do with um, your partner. And then you have those things that you're not just, you're just not ready in your partnership to get to right now. So you have to be patient. And there's some things that like just not the like you said, is, you know, you, you can't make decisions rashly because it might not, it might be clouded by like smoke and mirrors that just aren't relevant to the thing. Um, but the thing that I'm most grateful for, I think, in this journey is that my relationship with my partner is just amazing because of every time I learn a new principle in business, I go right away and apply it to my relationship. Um, <laughs> Does she ever get mad about that? She goes, can you stop? I, I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, she calls me out on it. And um She's annoyed that that I'm doing it that way, but she's grateful as soon as like the results start coming in. We're like, okay, cool. Like one of the things is the biggest value in my company is transparency, like brutally transparent and authentic with each other and with, you know, the people we work with. It's hard because not everybody's ready for that level of transparency. Um, and what happens, what I've found is, uh, you know, if you're not being transparent, that means that you are trying to control the situation because as soon as you become transparent, you give the other person involved choose to leave because mm-hmm. now it's like they're up to them if they want to work with you or deal with you or not because your your flaws are your flaws and they can choose to accept or not and like it's not a it's not a world where everybody's going to accept all your flaws right um so i, I brought that to my relationship as well and it, at, in the beginning it was tough we're like a- acknowledging the things that i'm bad at the things that i'm not good at the things that i want to work on but i'm not there yet um those things are rough because then i was afraid i was like okay does this mean that you're going to leave me because I'm super vulnerable right now. You know, you yeah. can, cause I'm not a good person based on the things that I'm telling you. Um, but then, then she took the choice and she's like, cool. I'm like, I'm glad you look at that. And like, I'm glad you're working on it. Um, and then we can like keep making this happen. And we've been able to grow so much faster in my relationship because now I have somebody to help me with the things that I I'm dealing with. Yeah. Um, and love is a choice, right? You, you, you give them the choice, right? It's not, yeah. it's not force fed. Um, just for time purpose, I just want to, you know, uh, okay. uh, rapid fire. So th- two things I, and I think what's, what's so important with entrepreneurship is knowing, you know, who you want to work with. And again, we, we've alluded to that, but one thing I've realized that is like really knowing yourself, right? Like, so for me, it's okay. like, I know people that work with me can't have an ego because okay. I'm so direct sometimes I'm like, okay, like I, I promise I'm not coming at you, but there can't be an ego. Otherwise there will be like, now you're playing with fire with me because I'm being so direct. Mm-hmm. And another thing is I realized for me, this was my, my personal growth was 
people aren't going to move as fast as I want them to, because I'm so fast paced. Everything I do, I do it quick. I do it fast. I, uh, I, I believe a good plan is today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Not that that should be with everybody else. That's just mm -hmm. me and what works for me. And, and I realized that people that work for me aren't going to, let's be honest, they're not going to care about my business as much as me. And they're not going to usually move as quick as I am. So, and that's okay. And I, I, for me, accepting that and loving that and actually embracing that was a huge thing for me. So yeah. I do want to pause for one second. Is, so our listeners, we, we're going over a lot and we're basically out of time, but I do want to ask you what everything that Kenesha just said. You know, what, what is the next step in your business in terms of hiring or people that you work with, or maybe even customers, because this can relate to customers as well, and how you work with them or deal with them or, or interact with them. What, what is the next step that you can take in your business based off everything we just mentioned? I want you to kind of like, you know, ferment on that for a second. But that being said, Kenesha, two more questions I'd love you to ask. I'm just going to throw them at you. And if you can answer them in like 90 seconds or less, do your mm -hmm. best, man. Mm -hmm. um, what are some things entrepreneurs should know or get involved with? And what, what should people know about the startup space in Western New York? So first thing is, um, do you know what Reddit is? Yeah. Yeah. So get on a Reddit channel for whatever your industry is. And there's CEOs that are dealing with the same problems that you are. And there's multiple channels there. Just go there and paste your problems. And you get real people that are running real companies to help you deal with your problems on the, on the fly. So that would be one of my first pieces of advice. Um, and then to get involved in the startup community, um, there's a Slack channel. Uh, I, maybe other people on your uh, podcast probably have talked about it um, for the Western New York startup community, um, uh, startup group. Um, there's a Slack channel, which you know, I'm sure you can post later. But I think uh, understanding what it means to be a startup, like, do you have an idea that is scalable? that is going to impact um, the world and it's not really it's not because of you know your own financial goals i'm sure it's tied to it but do you have something that is grand um, and that do you need support building it and maybe you're you want to do that then you should go to the startup community to meet people that are already doing it so you can learn um, but if you if that's not something that you want to do like understanding what it means to be a startup is a really big thing like you, you know you shouldn't be wasting your time trying to build a startup if you don't understand what a startup is because it, it, it you're basically giving up your life for it yeah i agree with you and and, and we can you know i'm sure it's another 30 minutes right there but unfortunately mm -hmm. that's all the time we have in fact we're over 30 minutes so um, but that being said, Kanishka, for those that just really, you know, that want to connect with you, that maybe have heard of you, seen you around, but they never got a chance to connect with you, maybe they want to grab a cup of coffee with you, um, you know, what, what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you? Um, my email, Kanishka at yamumedia.com, um, or my phone number, 716-423-9126. I'm always down. Awesome. And uh, how do you spell Kanishka for those that don't know? K-A-N-I-S-H-K-A at Y-A-M-U. M-E-D-I-A.com. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. Uh, like I said, I, I, uh, I always appreciate your time. I appreciate who you are. And I'm really glad that our, our paths crossed at that, uh, that uh, you know, coffee tech startup mm -hmm. thing a, yeah. a couple of years ago before COVID. And uh, it's, it's been a great friendship so far. It, it has. I'm, I'm really appreciative to be part of your journey, David. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to wnyentrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, 
and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.